welcome to another edition of Park Talk Podcast, the official podcast of the Naperville Park District. Hi everyone, I'm Sue Omenson. This is our third episode in this series reflecting on our town's farming heritage that has spanned over 150 years. Today, Ginny Wolf Chivas will join me again and we'll be talking with Ed and Jerry Kuhn, who lived on Ginny's grandfather's farm in Naperville from 1952 to 1972. Welcome everyone. And Ginny, um, let's start with you uh, with some of your perspective um, on, on this era of farming here. Great to be together. Thanks for inviting us, Sue, and giving us the opportunity of sharing stories of our memories. Just a bit of background to frame things. Grandpa Wolf and the family farmed the 203-acre farm from March of 1920 until he had a stroke in 1947, and then he and Grandma moved into Naperville. The Kefner family farmed for us until 1952, when the Ed Kuhn family moved in and were with us until the farm was not operating anymore in 1972. It had been sold to the Burlington Northern sometime in the 1960s. The land bordered roughly Route 59 to the west, the Burlington Northern tracks to the north, Fort Hill Drive to the east, and New York Street to the south. As a young child in the early 1950s, knowing that a treat of a visit out to the farm might happen was a delight I looked forward to. During the summer, if it was early evening, I'd get to play with the coon kids out in the fields, Mm -hmm. catching fireflies thick and flickering in the dusk. All the while we romped around in the fields, the grown-ups were chatting and relaxing up on the front porch at the house. Early on, there was a two-holer outhouse that stood near the house, and in the winter, it was cold. (laughs) (laughs) The smell of hay and playing in the loft in the barn on a hot summer day was both scratchy and fun. One of the coons would have me help out if we happened to be there during milking time. The milk house had a large tank that held the milk until it was picked up to go to the dairy. The aroma was wonderful. I would get a gravy ladle and ladle the cream off the top of the gallon glass milk jars into smaller clean mayo jars, then put the aluminum foil on, and then the lid. One of my fondest memories was Dear Ed Sr. He had a special area that Grandpa would, quote unquote, care for, and I would ride on his lap while he plowed and hold on to the huge steering wheel. The Kuhn family's generous and kind spirit, always welcoming and supportive, is a hallmark of time spent with them. How very fortunate I was to be even a small part of it all. Thanks, Jenny. Well, we're so happy to have both Jerry and Ed here today with you um, to recall their life on the farm. And, And so, Jerry and Ed, I wanted to ask, do you know how your family first came to the Wolf Farm? We were living at, on a farm in Elmhurst at that time. That farm had been sold. I remember your your grandfather came down to interview, I'll say, interview my dad. It was almost like a job applicant to, sure. you know, to come out and run the farm for him because they were looking for somebody at that time apparently to take over the place. So that's essentially that's how we got there. 
So we were just youngsters ourselves right. at that time. And, and uh, I remember early stages, Ed and I, we didn't, didn't have a whole lot. We were too young to milk cows yet. Or, but then as, as we grew up, obviously, we got involved in a lot of the other things, too. And Jenny talks about swinging in the mow, the hay mow. Mm-hmm. That was the fun part of it. It was getting that hay up oh. there. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the tough part. And in a hot summer day, you talk about scratchy and whatever up there, too, and, and uh it's only maybe 120 degrees up in that mow. It's oh all goodness. probably at that time. So you would be being bailed into bales of hay at that okay. time. Okay. And there'd be a series of, of help. At least in those days, nobody did anything by themselves. Mm. Neighbors and relatives were always constantly getting together to make life a little easier for everybody. Just trade back and forth. Absolutely. That's yeah. great. But yeah. then, you know, they're getting back to the baling, for example. There'd be one person out running the baler and then another one loading the bales onto the rack behind him and then somebody else picking that rack up and bring it into the yard and then they'd unload it into an elevator up into the yard up into the barn and dump them up there and then the two lucky guys that were up there got the oh stack them neatly neatly (laughs) stack them neatly you had to put them in there neat because you you only had so much room and they better be you better get (coughs) x number of bales in that mouth because because there was another load coming in next month you know that gonna have to fit in there too harvesting particularly Mm -hmm. was the other time Mm -hmm. And, and and mainly it uh, it was economical. It was a lot of things. You know, it's, not everybody had a corn picker. Not everybody had a right, combine. Right. So you'd, you'd uh, one person would, you know, you know exactly have the equipment and, and share and, and we'd go farm to farm. Did you have big dinners together too? Well, lunches mainly. Lunches. Oh. The noon in the noon meal the was noon a big meal. thing when when you had help because you know, they'd work all all day and then because midday you'd have a you big had meal. To, you had to be home for milking, so you usually ended by five o'clock at least. Because the, the help was leaving. They were going to milk their cows. So. Oh, got it. Sure. I mean, they did a lot of cooking <laughs> about the harvest time. Mm-hmm. Because it's not uncommon to have six or eight men sitting around the table. Yes. Yeah. And you got to have pie. got to have pie at the end. Oh, of the yeah. Day. You got to. Yeah. 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 A little homemade ice cream if you're I was going to ask if you had homemade ice cream. Oh, yeah. Mm. Sometimes. Yep. If you had oh. a dairy, you could probably do that. You know, you yeah. had the cream. Jenny, you could skim the cream off for you. <laughs> Uh, so in addition to like baling hay, like you had animals, right? You had dairy cow and mm-hmm. chickens, cows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Talk about the yeah. dairy. <laughs> yeah, the uh, dairy is uh, twice a day. Mm-hmm. Now some people milk three times a day nowadays, but anyhow, we uh, we did it twice a day. Six in the morning, six, five o'clock at night, five in the morning, five at mm-hmm. night, something like that. So roughly every 12 hours yeah. you'd uh, you'd have one. So I would always say that your your dairy and you had 365 days twice a day. And the rest of the time was yours. Oh. <laughs> well, you talk, you, you're talking about favorite memory type of thing and, and getting involved in farming. Jerry mentioned that he was eight, I was seven. When we moved to the wolf farm, we had a tractor, a small tractor that pulled a two-bottom plow, and, and we were both could almost get up on it. But anyhow, Dad decided someday, and, and my older brother still complains about this to this day because dad would never let him plow until he was 12 I think he said or something but <laughs> dad would put us on this little tractor with his two bottom and and Jerry would and I would be there and one of us would be sitting on the fender and the other guy would be riding and driving and they'd we'd make a round plowing and then we'd have to switch because we had to share you know oh, we had sure, to share this tractor so then we'd switch at the end and then make another round stop and get off or you got to switch every time. But, uh. So one of you got to drive when you were eight years old? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. If you could reach the pedals, you could drive. Yeah. <laughs> Same with a truck or a car. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Yeah. The other thing I guess I'd add too that I got I don't know, didn't really call in the best memories I suppose I did want to mention though but it was just uh, uh, you know you, you, there, we weren't union there was no union cards back then right but I we always used to joke that we nonetheless had a roofers card okay. roofers union because we roofers roofs covers everything and and our union card said we could do anything we okay. could be an electrician we could be a plumber we could be whatever you had to be which you had to be frankly you know there was a you, you had a small factory so to speak out there and things right. break down and things don't always work the way they're supposed to so you better learn how to fix things and and uh, innovation and hard work and kind of thing but it's amazing what you can do w- with bailing wire and a few other things some of the dull jokes about that but seriously you, you found a way to make it work found we a way didn't to have duct tape back then we had to bailing wire and uh, yeah. and bailing twine yeah. pretty much but when something everything. broke down either you just the, the whole world stopped or you found a way to fix it and keep moving on and that's and that was a good lesson on how to just because you meet a little stumbling block you don't mm-hmm. throw up your hands and you find a solution. You find yeah. a way to get around it and keep moving. Another question I had was uh, from our sign that's going to be at Wolf's Crossing. We talked about the time on the Coon Farm when um, someone got sick or got injured, and mm-hmm. so all the all the neighbors came over and plowed. That was not us goons, if you will. It was my uncle, my Uncle Jim. Oh, huh? Uncle Jim, okay. who lived on uh, what is now North Mill, Mill Street, Mill yeah. Street, right by the oh, by the interstate right. uh, 88. Right. Yep. Jim uh, was a farmer over there, and he he had, he had did surgery. He always referred to it as, as his grand opening. It was a big <laughs> he, he always had a great sense of humor. But anyway, it, it, at that time he had he was down and couldn't help, couldn't work. And the uh, organization came forth and with about ten or twelve. How many oh, tractors showed 20 up? Tractors Twenty tractors that, showed yeah. up, coming road and died, right down the road, and plowed that whole field in probably you know a matter of hours instead oh. of days. And they ever missed a beat. That's great. Uh, yeah, on that same note, uh, not as a group, but in farming and dairy farming, I can remember two two situations where my dad would went to a neighboring farm, and, and that was twice a day. You know that, that somebody had to be there, and a lot of times that would be shared by neighbors. I, I just wanted to pay special tribute to my dad. I think. Oh <coughs> yeah. In that. He was always very much involved in, in the community activities, but especially in, in church. He was very active in church, Peter and Paul. Uh, he and my Uncle Jim, I mentioned, the two of them ushered 8 o'clock mass, 40 years it must yeah. have been. Yeah. They were just wow. uh, staples there. And then he, when he retired, he lived in town, and he was always over at church helping out. And back when we were in school, Mom was active in the PTA or whatever they called it back then. We'd have the kids, oftentimes we'd have... Uh, Picnics out at the farm with the kids, with all the class, we'd come out oh, nice. to the farm for, uh, for a little break. And uh, Dad was was a good teacher. He let you make mistakes. Yeah, we get together with family and cousins and that, and we all talk about the fact of how fortunate we were to grow up when we did, where we did. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a, it was a great place to to lo- learn to to live. To enjoy, to 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 learn what you know how to how to value people, how to value God's creations, and uh, I always I've got some pictures from the air of of the farm, and I always say I've got some when it was in the spring be, before anything came up, and I always say I always like that because I can make it black, only God can make it green. Oh. Yeah. So that's good. In hindsight. 
I was blessed to enjoy and see life on a farm in the 50s and 60s. There is a particular strength and balance that living and depending on nature's blessings fosters in a person's approach to life. So it's, it's, uh, it's amazing, amazing life that mm-hmm. we live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that generation, too, uh, well, they had one to comment. With the, uh, we, were, it's four, we had four brothers and one sister. Okay. Karen's unfortunately left us. Yeah. But the, uh, none of us became farmers. We had dad, dad had four brothers, all who were farmers, and between us, between them, they had another 10 or 12 boys, and I think only one, two, two three of them, I guess. Three of them went eventually had farming. Yeah. The point only is that just because of it was a great life didn't mean you have to stay with it. I think my father and parents were both, in fact, and my grandparents, I remember, really pushing education mm-hmm. back in the, back at that day. And it wasn't, I think they wanted something better. And I, and then I said, what could have been better than that? It was a great life, right? <laughs> but I think they foresaw something. So here's the land of opportunity again. And, and move on if necessary. Mm-hmm. It'd be, it'd be open to other opportunities and seek them out and get a good education and good things come from that. Thank you for listening. The Naperville Park District's mission is to provide park and recreation experiences that promote healthy lives, healthy minds, and a healthy community. Park Talk Podcast is a production of the Naperville Park District.